Hello, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. Our mission in this world is clear. We're here to love God and love people. We hope you enjoy this podcast. So um, if you're visiting here at West Valley, uh, you might think, man, this place dresses sharp. It's like that song, dress, was that Sharp Dress Man or something like that? Is that ZZ Top? I, I never get those things right. But uh, we, are, we are honoring um, what uh, is called, and it's just kind of been a recent thing in the last few years, the month of December where it's called Dressember. And uh, you could go to dressember.com and, and learn all about everything uh, that this is about. But at West Valley Christian Church, we are um, being a part of this for this day, where uh, for every man that's wearing a tie or woman, I had about four or five ladies go, can I wear a tie? Knock yourself out. It was the guys that asked, can I wear a dress? And I said, no. Okay. So um, sorry, Jerry Bloomfield. But anyways. But everyone that's wearing a dress or a tie, West Valley Christian Church, which is you, is donating $10 uh, towards uh, putting out modern, uh, putting out, I mean, extinguishing modern slavery. And so uh, thank you very much. So we'll probably have around 600 people today. And if half of them wear it, that's about $3,000 according to my math. Amen. And so I hope and pray that we break the bank. <laughs> so if you want to double dip, come back second service or come back third service tonight. And uh, I just uh, I'm so grateful for uh, just the awareness that has been brought to me. And yet at the same time, as you are aware about things that you don't know are going on, it breaks your heart. Um, with the human trafficking that's going on today, the sex trafficking, just, it's, it, it's, it's horrific. I want you to uh, open up your Bibles as these men make their way down. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. I want you to open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And the scripture says this in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your what? Above all else, guard your what? Above all else, guard guard your what? All right, I don't know if you know this, but we're in the Christmas season right now. And I love the Christmas season, and it does my heart very well this time of year. But I also know it's during this time of year that my heart is also very vulnerable to some very negative things that could find its way in there. Can any of you relate to that? I'm thinking about things like depression, things about guilt, things about loneliness, things about despair, uh, things about fear or anxiety, or our topic today, greed, as we are just coming off a weekend of shopping, right? Greed. And and please hear me if I don't say this clearly throughout the message. I want to say it clearly now. Stuff is not bad. It's what we do with that stuff. And how that stuff may find its way into our heart that can be bad. What do you think about this topic of greed and your life? Well, I hope like you would go to a cardiologist and you get an exam of your heart that for the next four weeks we're going to take an exam of our hearts and see exactly uh, what's in there and really what should not be in there. Amen? Let's pray. God, it is good to be in your house. No, it's really good to be in your house. And we are very grateful for your um, loving us 
enough to give us another day of life. And God, as we check our hearts, I pray that uh, we would heed to the warning that, that above all else, that we need to guard our hearts because it's, it, it's, it's the central part of who we are. God, I, I love you and, and we love you. And we're asking that you would do an amazing work on our hearts here today. Help us to be honest with ourselves. And if we're where we need to be, help us to continue to be there. And if we need to, to have a little heart change, help us to identify that and do it. I love you, we love you, in the powerful name of Jesus. And all God's people said, so we're having some fun. We're doing a class, a Christmas classics with a twist. So as you saw in our bumper video, our very first one is The Grinch That Stole Christmas. Raise your hand if you've ever read the book or seen the movie. All right, all right. I think all of you are covered. If not, I want to read to you. It's story time with Pastor Rob. But don't worry, I'm not gonna read the whole story. And I'm sorry, pictures are not included. Everyone, every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too I love that opening. In the opening, there's, there's two phrases that I read that uh, Dr. Zeus wrote. One is, his head was not screwed on right. <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm just saying. Next service, there'll be a few. Not in this service. And then his heart was two sizes to what? Two sizes too small. See, I think, I think, I think, that's just this guy. But I think this time of year brings out, again, some of the best things in us and some of the worst things in us. And sometimes I think our heads are not screwed on right, even as Christ followers this time of year. And I think some of us, we find our hearts have shrunk a little bit. And so again, this is an opportunity for us to check ourselves and to see specifically this morning, has greed found its way into our hearts? The definition of greed is selfish and excessive desire for more of something. You ready? Greed is the definition of selfish and excessive desire for more of something. And it could be argued that one of the struggles of the Grinch was greed. As he looked around, he didn't have enough. And I wonder if that's true of any of us here this morning. Here's the deal. This is a cartoon character, and it doesn't matter. But if you look in the mirror and what you see, it does matter if greed has found its way into our heart. Amen, church? 
And so we want to talk about this. If you're taking notes, write it down, right? Number one, greed. And we're going to turn to Luke uh, chapter 12. Luke is in the New Testament. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke. And we're going to go to Luke chapter 12, and we're going to look at verse 13. Luke chapter 12, verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, and this is Jesus that they're speaking to, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with who? With me. Do you see just a little bit of greed right there in that statement alone? I mean, we don't need to go much farther, do we? Uh, here, here's Jesus, and he's teaching, and, and, and someone interrupts him, and teacher, tell me, or tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And, and as Jesus uh, always has the right words, not like Pastor Rob, but Jesus has the right words. And, and he makes the most of this moment of selfishness, arrogance, self, uh, and stupidity. <laughs> Verse 14, Jesus replied, man... Who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he, then he said to them, watch out. Are you ready? Watch out. That means pay attention. Open up your eyes. Be on your guard. Against what? All kinds of? Be on your guard against all kinds of? You see, life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. I want to show by raise a hand how many of you watched the commercial this last three, d three days, or maybe let's give it this last seven days, this last week, that promoted this idea. <laughs> Did anyone see a commercial that said, you know what, you don't need anything more. You just need to be content. You know, you don't need the, 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 the iPad 42 or the Galaxy 39. Uh, you don't need the latest and the greatest of the bigger this or the smaller that or the brighter this. Did, did you see that? At least when these eyes watch television and media, it didn't promote this idea of, you know what? You're content. You just stay home. But Jesus says, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of what, church? All kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of what? Possessions. You see, Jesus is, is teaching, and someone in the crowd interrupts him because he's a teacher slash rabbi. And so when you're teacher slash rabbi, then you would have the opportunity to, to, to make judgments on ethical matters. You, you, in some ways, uh, a, a mediator, a, a judge. And, and so this, this individual sees a perfect opportunity uh, to, to ask Jesus this question to make a ruling. You know, if you're in baseball, to call New York. Football, to go under the hood. And I'm learning now MBA also has replay now. That's how long it's been since I've watched the game. And, and then the, the final call is going to be made, right? Fair or foul, in or out. And, and this is what this gentleman's wanting from Jesus. Jesus, will you make a ruling on this? In my favor, of course, right? And Jesus doesn't call fair or foul, but he didn't want to miss out on the opportunity to teach a great lesson on greed. And then you continue to read on. 
and he told them this parable. Now, think about this. You're this guy that interrupts Jesus. You're highly concerned about an inheritance and you want the ruling your way. So you call us out to Jesus and now it's story time with Jesus. Are you thinking like maybe that guy's thinking, you know what, I could have, should have kept my mouth shut. But again, Jesus wants to drive home this point and this is why I'm gonna read this over and over again for my life and for yours. Watch out. Keep your eyes wide open. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So many of us are, as parents are going, oh, I wish my kid wasn't here right now. Well, guess what? You can read them this passage afterwards. You know that kid that's always in Target going, I want this, I want that. Dick's Sporting Goods. I want this, I want that. Michael's. I want this, I want that, right? But parents, aren't we much like that? We've just learned to tame it a little bit. We're not screaming, I want this, and I want that, as we're walking down the aisles. But how we live in our lives might say differently. Are you with me? And so, again, Jesus is wanting to nail this hard because it's really easy for us to stand and judge everybody else in their greed but not look at ourselves in the mirror. And again, this may not be relevant for any of us, but it's a place for us to put greed on the radar to make sure that we're not gonna get sucked into it. Are you with me? We stand on a mountain and we look out and we see what we could have, what we should have. And in this world of entitlement, it's more of what we deserve to have. And church, can I just tell you, I could go off on this one. Not everybody deserves a trophy. Wait, wait, wait. <clears throat> Not everybody deserves a trophy. Generations and generations and generations and generations and generations before this time had to work for what they got. And it's not just about showing up. It's about showing up and putting in the work. It's showing up and failing time and time again. It's showing up and maybe having a little success. It's showing up and getting what you have worked for. And it doesn't matter who is on your left and who is on your right and what they have. All right, I feel better. <laughs> but isn't it true? And this is why greed is so prevalent and so out there that it can find our way, and it can find its way into any of our hearts because we can get loads of sleep that we all need it. We all deserve it. Jesus knew what was going on in the hearts of the people 2,000 years ago. And he also knew as he was teaching that some crazy guy in a tie and a pink shirt was gonna be speaking to a crowd and himself on the very same topic that he needs to be aware of. 
be on your guard, he says. You know, I would even go as far as saying greed is an idol. Now, like, like here's the reality. We could say uh, a Buddha, a statue of Buddha is an idol. And we would probably, most of us would all agree upon that and go, oh, idol. But the idol that is not so obvious to so many of us, even as Christ followers, is greed. Greed is an idol just as much as a statue of Buddha. However, one is easier than the other to accept as truth. Now, let's roll through some passages. We're going to go to 1 John, because it's not just this one. And, and there's so many more. 1 John, if you could put that up. Uh, 1 John uh, chapter 2, verse 15 and 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from where? From the world. The world and its desires pass away. Did you see that? The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God, what's the promise there? Lives forever. See, I can't make this stuff up. I'm not smart enough. This is why we go to the word of God. (laughs) And God's the one that put me together. God's the one that puts you together and he knows what's going to help us succeed and he knows what's going to help us fall. That's that's gold. The world and its desires, what? Pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. I want to go on to the next passage, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10. In this passage in Ecclesiastes, uh, the author is trying to figure out the meaning of life. And uh, if you look at Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10, whoever loves money never has what? Have you found that to be true? Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. We could talk about discontent and contentment, can't we, right there? Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This, too, is what? Meaningless. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Keep your lives free from what? The love of money. And be what? Oh, come on, say that a little louder. Be what? Be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. These are money passages, aren't they? And I don't mean money like make it rain kind of money. I mean money that could change our lives kind of money. Right? This is, this is good stuff. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Again, this isn't a sermon against stuff. It's what we're going to allow that stuff to do to us and how we look at that stuff. What I've learned in the church, what I've learned through the word of God is that anything and everything that I have is his. I just get to be a steward of it. Amen? I get to be a steward of what God has given me and that's why I need to take care of it. And that's why I need to hold it loosely because it's his. 
So again, stuff is not bad. Money is not bad. The love of money is a root of evil, not the root of evil. Oh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. Ready? Let's say this, this last line all together. Ready? You cannot serve both God and money. You ready? Let's say it again. You cannot serve both God and money. I want to tell you something. I think this sermon is a message where you may walk in here with 400 pounds on your shoulders. And I think through God's word and a few verses that we're specifically looking at, that weight could be taken off of you right now. Right here and right now. And you know what? At night, we have a lot of junior hires and high schoolers that sit in this, this area over here. I can't wait. Man, I, I wish I had heard this stuff when I was little. But I'm glad that I'm hearing it now. And I'm glad that I heard it a few years ago when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. How about you? It doesn't matter how young you are today or how old you are. This truth is relevant for all of us. And this will set us free. You cannot serve both God and money. Have you found that to be true, my friends? Proverbs chapter 11, verse 28. Let's read this together. Those who trust in their riches will fall but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Have you seen greed ruin lives? Have you seen greed ruin lives? I I have. I've seen it ruin lives living and dead. And you're like, what do you mean by that? Well, um, as a pastor, and in just in, even in my own life, I've, I've seen people pass away. And uh, I've seen pa- people pass away and families come together. And it's beautiful. But you know how many times I've seen people pass away and families start attacking one another? Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you been a part of that? It is one of the most heartbreaking gut-wrenching things to be a part of. And some of the nicest people become some of the ugliest people. Why? Because of this idol of greed. Why? There are people walking this earth and maybe even in this room that are not talking to a loved one because of this very topic. You didn't get the ring, and they did. You didn't get the painting, and they did. You were supposed to get dot, 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 and you didn't. And you know what's heartbreaking? It's not even death that causes this. I get to see it up close, probably closer than I want to, with people that are good people But greed is dictating their relationships on when and when they won't talk to their parents or their aunts or their uncles or their neighbors or their co-workers. Church, let me ask you a question. Is it really worth it? Is it really worth letting greed live in our hearts? and destroy relationships.
Because the passages that I read said, it ain't following us into heaven. And the only thing I have read, and you could challenge me with this, nicely, please. The only thing that's following me to heaven is people. The joke is, and actually there was a song written, that there's no, there's no U-Hauls on the back of a hearse. Right? The bumper sticker that says the guy with the most toys at the end wins is a lie. You know what the guy with the most toys at the end is? Dead. Greed is ugly. And greed leads to lies. It leads to stealing. It leads to murder. It leads to jealousy. It leads to hatred. It leads to discord, disunity. And the list continues, doesn't it? Church, we don't need greed in our lives. I don't need greed in my heart. Amen? Then he goes on. If you go back to the story time, in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, and he tells them this parable. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build what? Bigger ones. And there I will, have, uh, will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, what? You fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but not rich towards who? Now, church, I I chose that you are smart enough to know what this means. Amen? I mean, it's it's, it's plain as day. But there's some practical things I want to pull out of this. One of the things he says is, you know, as you get more and more stuff, uh, the answer is I'll just build bigger and bigger barns. And I would ask the question, do we deal with that today? And then I would say, just drive down Topanga. Just drive down Canoga. I would say 20 years, maybe you could argue a little bit less or a little bit longer. But a lot of the land that gets picked up around here, which there's not a whole lot of land out there, it amazes me how many storage units go on them. Come on now. And I'm sorry if you have a storage unit. You figure this out on your own, all right? Okay, this is just between you and the Lord. And I know there are times and reasons to have storage units. But this pastor has moved a lot of people in this church (laughs) over 30 years. And I've moved a lot of stuff into storage units and out of storage units for you. And can I just say with a smile on my face... At $100 a month, and I don't even know if they're more or less than that. I think that's a fair price. At $100 a month, most of you are wasting your money. 
Because what's in that stuff, and you've had it in there for five years, and if you do the math, that's $1,200 a year, right? And if you have it in there for five years, what are we talking? That's a lot of money. And yet the stuff that we're moving out of there is worth about $432. (laughs) Can I say that in love? Because we're all susceptible to it. But we just got to hold on to it. Now, here's what's happened, and I know it's not fair, but this happened long before this sermon series. It was four weeks ago yesterday, I woke up. Yep, I woke up. I wasn't feeling that great, but it was one of those days where Easton's game was canceled because of rain. Baseball game was canceled because of rain. And my wife knows, and my son's here, and my in-laws are here, and my, I got a whole family over here today, that, that when, I, when I get that bug, I got out in the garage, and I just started unloading it. Now, now, I have to be nice here, but my son had recently got married, and he and, he and his wife, my daughter-in-law, are here. But, you know, my son might have accumulated some surfboards that he needed, like four or five of them, and some snowboards. Look at his wife's bobbing her head right now. This is awesome. And, you know, some cool, you know, it's all good stuff. And, and I, I, I just, it was there. And then, and then when you start piling stuff in a garage, right, it attracts other stuff. And then, so I start piling stuff. And my garage was just a mess. So when he moved out, I thought, okay, here's this opportunity a year later. And so I took almost everything out of my garage. And that started a process that has been going for four weeks now. And it went up into the rafters. I got everything out of the rafter. I got everything off the side yards. I threw away Rubbermaids filled with stuff, three of them. I'm telling you, we got rid of half of our stuff. Can you just say amen? It was, it was, it felt so good. And we're talking stuff that I've held on to for 40-something for years. I mean, I was getting rid of everything. And I told Easton, if you don't fit in one of these Costco bins, you might not make the cut. <laughs> because I got rid of all the plastic bins. We only went with the black and yellow. We got some racks. I mean, I was purging everything. And Lisa was on board. Easton was on board. One Saturday, we were going to go out. Easton goes, no, I'm going to stay home and clean my room. I about fell over dead. And I get back, my mother-in-law was there, she saw it, I came back, and there was like four trash bags of stuff that Easton just said, you know what, I kind of want it, but I don't need it. And, and here's the thing, what I'm telling you is, is, is what I'm preaching on, we're, we're all susceptible to it, aren't we? Just gathering all this stuff, and all this stuff, and all this stuff, and all of a sudden that stuff takes a lot of energy and a lot of space. And I want to tell you, it feels good to get rid of. And then I bought more stuff. <laughs> Are you with me? You know, we get all this stuff, and what do we really need? And I think this is what Jesus is teaching on this topic. And as we have the stuff that we have, it's his. Let's be good stewards of it and let others use it also. But if you haven't used it in five years, do you really need it? Just saying. I see a lot of elbows of wives hitting men in their sides right now. Don't, don't blame me. Here's the gold. Verse 21. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but not as rich towards you. See, that's the, that's the key to all this. It's being rich towards God. Riches have no purchasing power after death. It's being rich towards God. And that's what I want to spend the rest of the message. So if we want to get greed out, what do we put in? I'm going to use the word generosity. 
you could put in a different word, but I'm preaching, so I get to choose. I'm putting in the word generosity. Think about that. Guard your hearts against greed. Fill your hearts with generosity. What's generosity? It's being kind and generous. Generous is to give more of something, time, money, that is unexpected. So that leads to the next question. Are you, am I a generous person? Are you, am I a generous person? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also what? Reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also what? Reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a what? A cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will what? Abound in every good work. Oftentimes preachers will use this in regards to tithing. Okay, and, and, and this isn't a tithing sermon, uh, but it, it falls right in line with it. Because if we've got greed in our hearts, we're not given 10%. And then, and then here's the truth. 10% is a starting place. And, and so, oh gosh, I'm so glad there's X out the back. And this is for me, you guys, as I'm saying this, this is just for me too. Some of you are sitting there going, I'm generous. I give my 10%. That's not generosity, that's obedience. I tithe. I'm generous. No, again, that's obedience. That's not generosity. Got quiet. You see, generosity is above and beyond. That's not just with money, but it's our resources, it's our time, it's our truck, it's our car, right? It's our home. I just want to tell you something that's really cool. Wasn't planning on saying this, but we're having our staff Christmas party. That's um, staff and uh, elders and their, and, and their spouses. And uh, we've had it the last couple of years upstairs in the sunset room. It's been awesome. But I got this idea. Sorry, again, here's my man card. I want a Hallmark Christmas party for our staff. And there's a family that's just at our church that has just this amazing backyard that sets up perfect for that. And I called them and I said, I know this is, uh, it could be hard, but um, would you be willing to? And they were elated to let the staff and the elders and their spouses come. And I love that mentality. They're just like, this is God's house. And I'm like, cool, can we move into it in about three months? No. <laughs> Don't you love that heart of generosity? What, 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 what is mine is his. Amen? And so, and so with that, this whole topic of generosity is being rich towards God. And so if we're talking about finances, I just believe that scripture teaches us as Christians that, that 10% is a starting place. Now, where generosity sets in is what we would look at biblically as an offering. And an offering is anything above and beyond that. And so here's, here's again, I'm gonna step back. A tithe is something that you put into the plate every week or now that we have online giving, maybe you just push that button. But you have zero say in where that money goes. 
You're just trusting God. You're just being, uh, you're just being obedient. And you're saying, God, I'm gonna be a part of a church that I trust the leadership that they're gonna be wise with this. And if you don't trust the leadership, then you don't need to be a part of that church. That's pretty crazy for me to say, right? Being the lead pastor. But I would say that to anyone. If you're part of a church that you don't trust the leadership and how they're, they're, they're being responsible for God's funds. So with that, um, that's, that's, so when I give, that's God's. That's God's. I'm giving it. I'm letting go. Offering is above and beyond that. I have a say in that. Does that make sense? Like if I want to sponsor a child in Kenya, that would be an offering. If I want to make uh, shoe boxes for the Samaritan purse, that's an offering. If I want to sponsor a verse at $38, that's an offering. Does that make sense? It's not like you deduct that from your tithing and said, well, I did that and now I've tithed. No, that's above and beyond. Anything that we do where there's opportunities, if I send out a letter and say, hey, we're going to do a fundraiser for upstairs like we did, or we need a new parking lot or whatever, those are offering. Those are above and beyond. Does that make sense? If you want to go buy a Christmas tree for your neighbor that you know their family can't buy a Christmas tree, amen? See, now we're starting, now we're stepping into generosity, aren't we? And I want to I wanna encourage you to be ridiculously generous. I want to encourage you to be ridiculously generous. To think of opportunities that aren't spending money and time on yourself and your own family for your own benefits. But how can I be ridiculously generous? And in doing so, represent the Lord. Does that sound fair? Now look at the next passage. Uh, we got Proverbs chapter 22. It says, The generous will, give themselves, uh, will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Let's look at the next passage. We got Psalms 112. Psalms 112 says, God, or good will come to those who are what? Generous and, and lend freely, who, who conduct their affairs with justice. And then the next passage in Acts 20, 35 says, In everything I did, I showed you uh, that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, it is more what? Blessed to give than to what? More blessed to give than to receive. Church, this was a message that I needed to hear. How about you? A heart check during this time of season. And again, that doesn't mean all of you are writing big checks and spending lots of money. Sometimes it's time. Sometimes it's words, right? That we need to be generous with. But I wanna guard our hearts, as God says, guard our hearts against greed, all kinds of greed, by the way, and fill our hearts with what? Fill our hearts with what? Generosity. Here's the two questions I have for you. Is greed in your heart? Then do something about it. It's not too late. And secondly, how can I be ridiculously generous this week? How can I be ridiculously generous this week? Amen? Father, thank you. Thank you for challenging my heart. Thank you for challenging our hearts. And we know in the Grinch that stole Christmas after he took everything away, the village still smiled with no presence because they had each other. And God, in a similar way, we could smile. Because as we pay attention to this thing called greed, and are rich towards you instead. 
will be more than satisfied. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. You forget all my rebellion.